honestly, the more this episode went on, the more furious I got at the writers. Because honestly, it's insulting. It's actually insulting to me as a viewer to have this random little episode thrown in where you're just like, look at all this stuff that happened that actually doesn't mean anything to anybody, but it's all fucking huge information. Honestly, live it. Was it everything that you hoped it would be? This was the worst episode. Maybe of television ever. I completely disagree. Are you joking? That was terrible. Okay. Here's why I like this episode. Probably because I watched it for like the hundredth time. I can completely understand why you watching the show for a first time left on the cliffhanger of last week get this episode and just be so upset it's not even that it's not even that in isolation this is dog shit no this is a great episode first of all 30 percent of the scenes were just recycled from earlier in the show i'm pretty sure they just cgi'd nikki into like a bunch of scenes no they 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 reshot a lot of stuff and they like Horribly cut it together. Absolutely horrible. No, this is a great episode. It has an 8 out of 10 stars on IMDb. That's psychotic. (laughs) I think it's funny that my synopsis last week, I said paralyzing. And And I didn't even know. Oh, I love this episode so bad what's your synopsis for this week it's literally just nikki and paolo suck (laughs) i hated this episode so much like when i went to write the synopsis i was like i was already writing the synopsis before the twist even happened because i was so fucking bored first of all (laughs) i was like this sucks so much and so i was like hottie of the week synopsis and then like some shit happened and i was like oh terrible but i still don't like it welcome back to another episode of lauren gets lost everyone i'm zane i'm lauren and today we're covering season three episode 14 expose oh let me ask you when i told you that it was razzle dazzle time (laughs) i thought it'd be better honestly (laughs) like razzle dazzle time that sounds awesome this was terrible oh my god I'm very excited to hear your thoughts on today. But I've got quick bits to start us off. This episode was directed by Stephen Williams, who casted a fake Stephen Williams on the set of Expose and made a cameo himself on the set. Because the characters of Nikki and Palo had to be conveniently incorporated into the plane crash scene, the editing crew meticulously watched hours of original footage to determine where additional scenes could be placed, where which camera angles had not been used, and which characters could be used for additional shots. The original set was still largely intact and was revisited for additional shooting. Sawyer is reading Agatha Christie's Evil Under... Agatha? I know, it came out wrong. Agatha Christie's Evil Under the Sun, which is a book that centers around diamonds and the mystery plays out on an island. Nice. So just laid it out right there for you. The episode is a take on the play called 
Rosencrantz and Guildenstern are dead, which are the chronicles of two lives of characters in Hamlet. In Hamlet, the two characters are charged with determining Hamlet's motives and plans and said they themselves are killed. The characters are thrust into the universe of Hamlet in which the same way Nikki and Paolo were thrust into the lost universe by the will of the writer. Because of the large negative response to Nikki and Paolo by the audience, the writers were forced to write them off, but they did intend to have them be major characters, which is the most shocking thing I've ever heard. I don't know what that storyline would have been. That's actually surprising to me. Like, I don't know. I guess I'm surprised that they just shit the bed that hard. Yeah. And lastly, this episode has a lot of special guest stars and recurring characters. Maggie Grace returns as Shannon. Ian Summerholder returns as Boone. Billy D. Williams makes an appearance as Billy D. Williams. William Mapotter plays Ethan Rom, and Daniel Roebuck returns as Leslie Arts. It was nice to see everybody again, especially D- Billy D. Williams. Who is that? Lando Calrissian from Star Wars. What was where? Where was he in this episode? He was he was the Cobra. Oh, okay. Let's get right into it. Nikki is running through the jungle, but stops to bury something from her bag, and then gets back up and runs again. And I saw your note. And I was just like, whatever. But then when I started the episode, the same thing happened to me. <laughs> I literally picked up the remote so fast. I was like, well, what if like Zane accidentally watched on my page or like whatever? And I'm in the middle because it it really felt like we were right in the middle of it. Yeah, it just starts off with just like a close up of her face. Music's already going. Intense shaky cam. It was crazy. That is called in medias, in, in medias race or something like that. It's like when when you start in the middle of a story. I'm sure I said that so wrong, and I'm sure um, Mel, all good author, our literary expert, can correct me on that. Oh, speaking of which, we're recording this episode shortly after we recorded flashback number seven, The Spelling Bee. If you haven't checked that out, please do. And Mel had some things that she wanted to share after us recording that episode and she had some comments about episode seven not in portland that i'll go ahead and throw in here because we didn't really talk about that episode all that much first she said i was absolutely right about juliet's hair in episode seven not in portland we argued about her hair being curly versus being straight and she said that i was completely right in both what her hair looked like and my analysis of the character But then on the topic of hair, she did apologize and said, yes, Lauren, you too will get a blowout. It's only I who will not receive a blowout, unfortunately. However, she did not say anything about the fact that she said Kate is the greatest woman to ever live, not you. So I think that opinion stands. Yeah, I don't want the blowout. Thanks. (laughs) You're so mean. Let Kate have her fans. I have no fans. You, Lauren, this whole podcast is you. I have shit talkers. Was that one guy? Josh Prime. Said I laugh like shit and that I'm <laughs> and that I'm stupid and I don't know the good Naruto characters or something like that. He also said Lauren's gonna Lauren. Yeah. I have no fans. I have shit talkers. Can't be any different. It's funny. What? So it can't be any different than your normal life. Yeah. That's true. 
We get our first flashback as Nikki is on stage at a strip club under the name Corvette, which is a bad name for a stripper, in my opinion. That was her name? Corvette? Corvette. I hate that. What What would your stripper name be, Lauren? I'm not talking about that with my brother. What? Okay, here's mine. You ready? Mm-hmm. My name would be Jasmine. Why? Because you got to have something that you can, like, kind of repeat the first syllable. Gentlemen, gentlemen, on the main stage, Jasmine. You could do that with so many words. Go ahead. Ginger. Okay. Ch-ch-ch-cherry. Yeah. S-s-s-sassy. Okay, do it with Corvette. C-c-c-corvette. Doesn't sound as good. I mean, they it's all just a consonant. I don't... Yeah. I went with Jasmine because I think it sounds the best. But you gotta have something along those lines. Ginger would also work. Okay. You've never thought of what your stripper name would be. Not in this decade, no. Not in this decade. So when you were in high school, you did? Probably. Wasn't that like your fallback plan at one point? Like on your on your board in college? If like you didn't pass, you'd be like, just become a stripper? No, I was going to work at Hooters. Mm. How come you didn't? I watched an undercover boss episode where I saw that they have to always have their hair, makeup, and nails done. Guys, I know this is an audio platform, but if you could see me, you would know that none of those things are done ever. Your nails so look like they're done right now. They're really chipped. They're long and they were painted like a week ago, but I've been chipping them off. I have to redo them today. Mm. Would not uh, make the cut. That's a shame. What anyway, a weird she's... thing to say. <laughs> anyway, she's up on stage performing to Rump Shaker. Great song. And she watches a man with a suitcase enter the back room. She eventually follows him and finds that it's the money from the orphanage, which can only mean one thing. Mr. Lashade is the Cobra. He calls her pretty and smart and orders his goon to take her out. But Nikki is too quick. And with a little razzle dazzle, she takes out the goon. She gets her hands on the gun, but Cobra shoots her dead just as Autumn and Crystal bust in. And Mr. Lashade reveals that Corvette was working for the Cobra. What was your reaction to Mr. Lashade being the Cobra? You're joking. <laughs> As I was taking these notes, I'm like, I'm absolutely, absolutely going to ask this question. Oh, my God. What the hell did you think was going on here? At first, I thought, oh, OK, she's a stripper. And then I was like, oh, no, it's a cheesy TV show, which I think I had said something about. I think I said they were models. So I was wrong. But anyway, I very quickly realized what was happening. And I was just like, all right. She could have given a little more oomph on the razzle-dazzle line. I wasn't very convinced what razzle, what dazzle. But, you know, whatever. She's. I liked the way that she did like a karate chop to finish off the goon. It was all terrible. The director calls cut and it's a TV show. The Cobra is really the legendary Billy D. Williams and Nikki is walked off stage by showrunner Howard Zuckerman. He says that they could bring her back next season, saying that she was wearing a bulletproof vest and Nikki reveals that she's only in her underwear under her outfit. Then she says that she's a guest star and we all know what happens to guest stars. Ironically, she was a series regular in this show. 
Zuckerman says he assumes that she will go back to L.A. now. And she says that she's not leaving because she loves him. And he says that he loves her, too. And they kiss. Bit of an age gap there. Yeah, gross. (laughs) Any initial thoughts on pre-Nikki's life or pre-Island Nikki life? I couldn't. I could not care less. (laughs) Sawyer once again loses to Hurley at ping pong, but refuses to go out that way. Right as Nikki comes stumbling out of the jungle and she face plants. Hurley and Sawyer flip her over and she mutters her dying breath. And Sawyer tells Hurley to get some help as he checks to see what she was running from. Hurley watches as she becomes stiff as a board with no sign of life and tells Sawyer that Nikki is dead. And then Sawyer asks, who the hell is Nikki? What were your thoughts to the the sudden exit of Nikki? Well, I gotta be honest. I think we should be as transparent as possible on this podcast. Oh, no. Yeah, you did a terrible job of disguising that TikTok. Which TikTok? Very... The one that about Nikki and Paolo being dead. Which one? I've made several. Oh, I only saw the one. The one that you posted like last week. And you covered like only their heads. As if I'm not going to know that's Nikki's body laying in a grave. And also I, you know, I follow our TikTok. So it came up and I swiped away really fast. I have told you so many times to unfollow the TikTok. Why would I do that? For this specific moment. Yeah, but it's still going to come up even because I go to the page so much. I'd have to block you, but then how am I supposed to interact if I block you? I don't think it's that big of a deal. Like, as soon as the episode started, I was like, they're probably going to die today. It's fine. Also, who cares about Nikki and Paolo? Like, it's the only spoiler I've gotten, I'm pretty sure, from the TikTok. So, like, I'm not that mad about it. Just next time, make the spoiler thing bigger. Because I I could very clearly see that that was Nikki's dead body. I mean, from the thumbnail, it's just them, like, laying down. People lay down. Who lays like that? On their back? In a grave? It was very obvious. In a grave! It was just sand! I'm looking at this right now. Uh, It was obvious to me. But also, remember, I saw the TikTok first. Okay, So I I could be biased. You're absolutely biased, then. Well, regardless... I still would have known that it was a dead body. I don't I don't think so. I mean, it wasn't a dead body. Spoiler alert. 84 days ago, Nikki compliments the breakfast that Zuckerman is feeding her, and he says that he has a new chef who is amazing. He tells Paolo to come in and introduces the two of them, and they make some pleasantries, and Zuckerman explains how Paolo showed up every day until he got the job. Zuckerman then gives Nikki a roll and reveals a diamond tennis bracelet, which she loves, and Zuckerman says he knows it's not a ring, but when his wife, and then he trails off and dies, but I'm curious, is he, like, in the middle of a divorce? Is he having an affair? I need to know more. Could have been, like, when my wife died, dot, dot, dot. Like, Mm. he could be a widower. That's true. Anyway, he has a heart attack, and Nikki calls Paolo in. They're very concerned, but Zuckerman is dead. Nikki then immediately reveals a key is around his neck and takes it and says that she would have loved if there was a way that they could have killed him without them sharing food. They break into the safe in his closet behind a false wall. Nikki tells Paolo that the safe is off the books, so no one will know that this is gone. 
and Paolo tries to smoke, and Nikki says that ashes are evidence, and they just poisoned him. Let's not poison ourselves. Okay. Ashes are evidence. As she's literally touching everything, fingerprints out, she just ate breakfast with the man, left her DNA everywhere, didn't clean up her place setting where there was obviously two people eating breakfast. Ashes? Ashes are the least of your worries. I mean, they could have swabbed it down after off screen, but yeah. They open the safe to reveal a Russian nesting doll, and inside is a treasure worth killing and saying razzle-dazzle for. Any reaction to them killing this old man and robbing him? No. Saw it coming from the second they took the breakfast bites. I don't know what sentence that was, but it was very obvious. Charlie and Son and Jin have joined over Nikki's body as they attempt to figure out what happened to her. Hurley says that there's no visible wound, and Son thinks maybe it was something that she ate. Charlie thinks that maybe she had been poisoned, and Son says they should check the food and see if anyone else is sick. Charlie finds dirt under her fingers and asks where they found her. Sora recaps her collapsing and saying that she said something along the lines of plywood and then was gone. Hurley says he believes she said power lines. And Sora says it does not matter what she said because she was five seconds from dying and she was probably completely out of it. When Hurley realizes that he, that she said Paolo lies. Sora asks who Paolo is and Hurley says that it's Nikki's husband, boyfriend, person thing. And Sawyer asks where he is, because if Paolo lies, this will be a good place to start. Any reaction to Paolo lies? No. It's a commonly quoted phrase from Lost, even though it isn't even accurate. I don't know why. That's weird. I wouldn't quote anything from this episode, except maybe Razzle Dazzle. You absolutely Razzle Dazzle. But they didn't even do a good job. Like, I was never convinced of the razzle-dazzle. I'm not... Do you really think Nikki is, like, supposed to be, a, like, a good actress? No, but, like, I don't, I wanted more. I just want... She just, like, she does it, and then she goes, razzle-dazzle. I'm like... No, I, wrong. She goes, razzle-dazzle! And, like, Oh, yeah, a- you're right, and I hated it. <laughs> I hated it. Just... <laughs> no. 80 days ago, Paolo reads a newspaper article about Zuckerman being found dead in his dining room of heart failure. They immediately laugh and kiss, just really hammering it home that they're like bad people. Also, like out loud amongst many people. They're like, oh, this old man is dead. Let's make out. Nikki asks why he's chewing gum and Paolo reveals it is nicotine gum and he has quit smoking. They toast their new life when a bickering Shannon and Boone interrupt the moment. Shannon is mad because Boone screwed them out of first class tickets and now there's nowhere to sit at the restaurant. Boone asks to steal a chair from Nikki and Paolo and Paolo offers it up. Shannon tells him to just forget it and they leave. And she says that if Boone would stop flirting with random guys, maybe they would make it to the plane. Nikki looks at them and asks Paolo to promise that they never become like them. And Paolo promises with a kiss. I don't like this scene because it reminds me of the fact that Shannon and Boone had sex. Okay. Because I I guess they're supposed to like assume that Boone and Shannon are like a couple. And that's why Nikki said that. But it's like they're siblings, but they did have sex. 
Cut to Shannon screaming for Boone the day of the crash and Nikki running around looking for Paolo. Locke saves her from being sucked into the turbine as old Gary Troop is sucked in and the explosion throws everyone down. Nikki thinks she found Paolo, but it's Leslie Arts who is asking for her to look at him to see if she's okay. Boone runs by asking if Nikki has a pen. Do you remember why he was looking for a pen that day? Like a, they're going to do like a tracheotomy or something. Mm-hmm. Jack was just getting rid of Boone. Mm. eventually nikki does find paulo in shock looking out at the ocean she asks if he is okay and when he says yes she then immediately asks where the bag with the nesting doll is really just like hammering at home that they suck sawyer jen and hurley find paulo in the jungle stiff as a board with his pants undone he too has no wound but his shoe is in a tree Jin goes through his bag and Sawyer sees something that catches his eye. Jin begins to open the water and Sawyer tells him not to before dumping it out, saying that it might have been poisoned. Hurley tells him that he is messing with the evidence and Sawyer asks if there is a forensic hatch that he does not know about. Jin comes to the conclusion that it was the monster that killed him. Thoughts? I wasn't really sure what killed them. I didn't think it was the monster. I guess I was on like the the poison train, I guess. Do you have any idea why his shoe was in a tree and his pants were undone i thought maybe she was like trick she tricked him and was like oh we're gonna get it on but she actually poisoned him the shoe in the tree just could have been like banter we're gonna get it on haha like throwing his shoes off haha type of thing um but also i cannot express enough how little i care if you're in this situation where like you've got like two you're on the island two mysterious deaths you got no way of solving it what would you have done just bury him and move on yeah if i felt like they killed each other then yeah like whatever 75 days ago nikki and palo are arguing about the monster in the jungle as they search through luggage palo asks what she thinks it is and nikki tells them to focus they have been on the island for six days and when the coast guard arrives they will not take i lost my script bag as an excuse not to get on the rescue boat 100 percent real survivor and not an other ethan asks if they lost their luggage and says he found some clothes if they need anything nikki thanks him for his kind offer and says that palo lost his nicotine gum ethan tells him that they might have more luck looking inland as the plane split apart over the island and some of the things rained down Suddenly, all hell breaks loose as Arts runs by, saying that Boone took the water. We get to see Nikki and Paolo listening to the infamous Live Together Die Alone speech. It's also worth noting that Hurley is somehow standing next to both Jack and Nikki in the scene. Go back and watch it. It's really bad. Uh, yeah. Your favorite scene in all of Lost. I know. I hated that I had to watch this shit again. And like the whole thing too. I didn't need to hear the whole speech. I could have heard like a clip of it and been like, okay, yeah, they were there for that. I didn't need to hear the whole thing. It was, it wasn't the whole thing. It was very like cut down. Okay. Well, I still, it was too much for me. (laughs) I don't really, I don't really feel like we needed to know that they were there. They were really just like stretching it out with like reused footage. I didn't need to know a single thing about them. Nothing. I hated the reused footage. I hated it. It felt lazy. Like, honestly, cut a whole episode from the season. Why do any of this? (laughs) 
As they drag Nikki and Palo to the graveyard, Hurley says he thinks Jin is right and the monster killed them. Sawyer says it does not make much sense and Hurley argues that Echo's last words when he died was you're next and Nikki and Paolo were there. Sawyer says he meant all of them are next, not specifically those two. And Sawyer says if they want to find out what happened, they need to learn about these two Jabonis. Jin asks what he means and Sawyer says Nina and Pablo. Hurley tells him to have some respect. He knows their names and Sawyer asks where their tent is saying that they're going to need shovels. Did you notice that they just straight up had shovels? Not just shovels. Paolo had a tiny shovel. No, didn't notice. What are you doing? Well, I was organizing this drawer. I was going through all the pens and seeing which pens worked and which pens didn't. And I finished doing that. So now I'm writing, practicing my signature with my new last name. Oh, which we will not reveal. Which we will not reveal. Mystery. I feel like we've said his last name in an episode before. I'm sure if you comb through it, we'll find it. Don't do that, guys. That's weird. <laughs> no combing. We ain't found shit. <laughs> Tell him to comb the desert. That's a great movie. 57 days ago, Nikki puts on her best bra and asks Dr. Arts if he is a scientist as he examines bugs her best bra did she actually say that no but she was wearing that bra to like seduce him into making the map i uh, didn't pick up on that she, you thought she was just like wearing it i didn't even notice what she was wearing at all you and i noticed was different she, things was she wearing a bra she's wearing a red bra not a shirt i mean maybe it was a shirt but it only covered her boobs oh i didn't notice what she was wearing even a little bit I mean, when they go into the jungle later, she puts a shirt on over it. But like talking to arts, she definitely was like flaunting her goods. I don't remember that. <laughs> she asked what he's doing. And Arts says that he found 20 new species since they arrived on the island. And he will be the next Charles Darwin. Nikki picks up a jar and he tells her to be careful as that is the Medusa spider. And her pheromones are strong. One whiff and every male of the species will come crawling. Not unlike her. Nikki asks if he's too busy to help her, and he says that he can. She explains that she's looking for her bag and wants to know if he knows anything about trajectories. Arts laughs and says that he will draw her a map. So the Medusa spider, were you putting it together at all at this point? No, I thought everything was pointless. I was too, <laughs> I was too busy thinking about the fact that how the fuck, you can know about trajectory. How the fuck would this man be able to draw her a map? He he was in the plane. He has no idea. Like, stupid. Honestly, stupid. Here's the thing, though. I think it was, like, by design. Because they, they've talked about, before, like, the writers have talked about that Arts, like, isn't really, like, that good at his job or is, or is, like, that smart. It's not like they use this map to go find the bag. It was just kind of like a, he did it, and they went out in the jungle, and they, nothing came of it. So he's just like making shit up because that's yeah. way more believable. Yeah, that's fine. I'll allow it. I don't like what. What is what would a map even do? Like Arts doesn't know how high the plane was when it split and where in comparison to the island it was and like that's the size of the bag. None of it makes sense. He doesn't even know what the fucking island looks like. That's what I'm saying. It literally made no sense, and that's what I was hung up on. I wasn't even thinking about the spiders. 
Palo asks if they should be listening to a teacher, and Nikki asks what his problem with Leslie is anyway, and realizes that Palo is jealous. She jokes saying that the spiders turned her on, so she had to sleep with him to get the map, and Palo says it would not surprise him because she slept with Zuckerman. Nikki stops saying that she did that for both of them, and then storms off. Palo apologizes, saying he does not trust Arts and that they should have gone to Ethan. Great judge of character, this Palo. Nikki stops him and points up at the canopy where a yellow beechcraft is lodged. Nikki tells him to go up there and see if there's a radio, and Palo says if he goes up there, it will fall. Please go up there. <laughs> what could have been? This is where I started to get mad pissed. Go on. I just, I just realized that's redundant, and I didn't mean mad as an angry. I meant mad as a very, very super very, very, very pissed. I agree, but go on. The, just honestly, the fucking audacity of the show to just have Nikki and Paolo have discovered all of these things before everybody else, but they never said anything. Thank they you. never said a word. Oh, you wanted to be a part of the A-team. Well, now you have... Okay, you probably could have been a part of the A-team if you talked about the plane you found, the hatch you found, the conversation you overheard. Honestly, the more this episode went on, the more furious I got. Not at Nikki and Paolo, at the writers. Because honestly, it's insulting. It's actually insulting to me as a viewer to have this random little episode thrown in where you're just like, look at all this stuff that happened that actually doesn't mean anything to anybody, but it's all fucking huge information. Honestly, livid. I, I 100% agree. I could not have said it better myself. Good. It's 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 ridiculous that they just like rewrite the discovery of everything. Also, when they found the pearl the first time, Lock and Echo, it was rusted shut, covered in dirt, and what we've learned is they just open that thing whenever the fuck they want. Yeah, I know. I thought the same thing. And the fact that they open it up and they're just like, whatever. And then they just close it. <laughs> the, the dumbest people ever. Honestly. They could just say we were out exploring. Like there's no rule about going in to the jungle. They don't have to explain that they're looking for $8 million worth of diamonds. But they like, just go tell people we found a plane. We found a hatch. No, see, that's not even what I'm mad about. Because, like, of course they wouldn't do that. They weren't even there. It's annoying because why are you rewriting, like, the canon of this show? Exactly. Stop. Like, honestly, it's insulting. It's, it's, I think it's supposed to be funny. It's supposed to be like, haha, these two dummies had stumbled across everything before everybody else. But like, it's not funny. It's stupid. It really annoys me. Yeah. I would have liked, no, this is what would have been funnier. If Vincent had discovered all of these things first. <laughs> and then he ran his little doggy boy back and he barked at everybody like, bitches, I found a hatch. And they're like, oh, Vincent. That would be funny. Yeah. So after they storm off from the Pearl, we move on to the next scene where Hurley and Sawyer are searching through Nikki and Palo's tent as Charlie informs them it's not the food. Nobody else is sick. Hurley says it was the monster. And then he sees the bugs. For some reason, I guess they just like took Arts's shit. I don't know why. Charlie says that they were Arts's, and then they find the script for Expose. We learn that the premise of the show were two strippers that solved crimes. And honestly, just amazing television. No, I have something to say first. Those bugs would be dead. 
I guess that's all I need to say. But yet another reason this show is stupid. I mean, sorry, this episode <laughs> is stupid. Nice save, Continue. nice save. Mm. I mean, like, maybe they were feeding him. You really think Nikki was uncapping the Medusa spider every day? Once a week? No, she wasn't. I'm telling you, she wasn't. <laughs> yeah, that's a really good point. <laughs> You are fired up today. I hated this episode so much. When I turned it off, I was like, honestly, how dare he make me watch this? <laughs> this is a su- season ruiner for you? I uh, Honestly, maybe. All right. Three worst episodes. Fire and Water, Stranger to Strange Land, Expose. This is the worst one by far. Really? Oh my God, yes. There wasn't a redeeming quality about it. Not even the end? Not enough, not redeeming enough. Like, I was like, huh. And like, that was. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Hurley finds Nikki's name in the script and learns that Mr. The Shade was the Cobra. Sawyer finds a walkie in Palo's luggage and says that the others on the other island had one just like this. Hurley asks what that means, and Sawyer says it means that they were working for the others. The other 48 days ago, Shannon and Arts are interrogating. Ki- yeah, I made the pun. I don't like it. I love it. Shannon and Arts are interrogating Kate when Nikki and Paolo ask what's going on. We learn that this is when the camp found out about the Halliburton case full of guns. And Shannon says that her boyfriends and Kate did not feel the need to tell the rest of the camp. Kate says that the case is locked with the key around Jack's neck and it's safe. And Arts begins to yell that the pigs are walking and storms off, whatever that means. In a previous episode, it was the one where Shannon shot Locke in the head. I said it didn't make sense that Shannon knew where the guns were. And in that IMDb trivia section, it says that it was a plot hole until this episode, because now Shannon knows about the case full of guns. But the problem is she still doesn't know where the guns are. Honestly, for my own sanity, I actually just have to erase this episode from all of Lost. Not canon? The only part that's canon is that those bitches are dead. (laughs) It was nice to see Maggie Grace again, I will say that. But you know what? I was actually a little bit mad because they brought them back just to like not paint them in a very good light. So I don't really like that either. Dude, today I saw the biggest fucking dragonfly. It was like as big as my hand. Huge. I think it's dead. I hope it is. Why? It's big. Dragonflies don't hurt anybody. It was it was like out on my front door, just like hanging out on like the archway. And I saw it when we got home. But did you know that dragonflies only live for like twenty four hours? Yeah, their whole purpose is to like reproduce. Okay, so we both had Mrs. Hellman's biology class. Whatever. Hell yeah. Anyway, I guess I should go check. I took a picture of it though. It's huge. Could you imagine if your whole like purpose of your adult life was to have sex one time and then die. Sounds good to me. <laughs> Did you see that that TikTok? That was like, let me ask you something. I gave you, if I told you I would give you a million dollars, but you wouldn't wake up tomorrow, would you take it? The other guy says, yeah. He says, see, that right there shows you no amount of money is worth your, le- wait, what? <laughs> <laughs> Would you do that, okay, that age-old question, you push a button and you get like $10 million, but someone randomly in the world dies? I wouldn't push it. You wouldn't push it? The guilt would eat me up. I'm an empath. 
I saw a take on that video where someone pushes it before he even finishes explaining. And he's like, if you would have just listened, you would understand. And then he pushes it again. And he just <laughs> keeps he just keeps pushing it. And eventually someone comes into the room and sees him talking to the demon as he's pushing the button. And then the guy drops dead. And he's like, you see? Nice. Nikki asks Kate where exactly she found the case. And Nikki and Paolo then go to the waterfall. Nikki tells Paolo to dive in. And Paolo asks why him. And Nikki points out that he keeps reminding her that she slept with Zuckerman. Paolo asks if it was not for the missing bag, would she even need him? And Nikki says that the bag is worth $8 million, eight, and tells him to dive in, which he does. And he swims down to the bodies and finds the bag wedged between some rocks. He swims back up and tells Nikki that all that was down there were bodies and she storms off and he goes back to get it. I've got multiple thoughts here. One, I hate that it just happened to be where the Halliburton case was. Yeah. That's kind of annoying. I also hate that Nikki was like, well, maybe it's there. And I hate that she was right. It's like there's there's luggage all over the island. It doesn't make any sense that they would be together. Yeah, but they looked other places. This is like of all the things to be mad at in this episode, like this one's whatever. I also hate that he retrieved it just to hide it again. If like you were if you were just going to hide it again, I feel like just leaving it there would have been the best bet. Yeah, but water can be unpredictable. I feel like that nicotine gum shouldn't be in the state that it's in. It's in a sealed package. True. Hurley asks how Nikki and Paolo would work with the others, and Sawyer says, like Michael did. Charlie asks why they would kill them, and Sawyer says he does not understand anything that the others do. And then he says that they could be out there right now. Here's another part I don't like. Hurley says he was with the others two weeks ago, and they are on the other side of the island. Sawyer was just held captive by them for like a week. Uh-huh. Why is Hurley like saying, I don't know, person who just recently escaped them. I was with them two weeks ago and they were all the way on the other side of the island. Because that's still true. I mean, from Hurley's perspective, he is talking to someone who was kidnapped by another and hung, kidnapped by another for multiple weeks on end. And from his perspective, kidnapped by another and dragged into the jungle and he's like i don't think it could be them some people just say things you know sun reminds everyone that she was grabbed by the others and dragged into the jungle and sawyer and charlie lock eyes were you surprised that this story point came back up sure i mean everything else came back up so like why why is it that surprising i mean they've really been like trying to paint charlie in this like positive light and just pretend like nothing in season two happens lately yeah, but this gave him an opportunity to apologize. Sawyer says he's going to do a perimeter sweep pulling a gun. Hurley asks where he got it, and Sawyer says he pulled it off another. Hurley asks when he was going to tell them, and he says, I guess now, and then walks away. And then Charlie asks if they should cover them up, and they throw a blanket on top of them. All right, here's all I could think in this moment. No fucking way am I going to waste a freaking blanket on a dead body. No way. And, and honestly, even if you were like, oh, well, they washed them. No, Mm-mm. no way. Blankets are like gold to me. Well, at least they didn't bury them with them. Remember, remember Boone, they had like wrapped in like six tarps. Yeah. Stop wasting things on the dead. I wonder if they like that first time Boone was like the first major character to die. Sorry, Scott. So they were like all out, you know, completely cover his body. And then Shannon died. And then 
Ana Lucia and Libby died. And then Echo died. And they're like, we we just got to stop with the tarps and the blankets. You know, it's just it's, it's too much. Yeah. 32 days ago, Paulo pulls out his nicotine gum and begins digging a hole on the beach to bury the doll. When Locke appears, Locke asks what he's doing and Paolo says nothing. For those of you listening, Lauren has changed her background to just the logo. But the problem is because her wall is also white, her teeth are now displaying the logo. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my god. Okay, sorry. Locke tells him that everyone is entitled to their own secrets, but he offers him advice. Put the shovel away and save yourself some trouble. Things do not stay buried on this island. He tells him that the beach is eroding from the high tide due to winter coming. And he tells him whatever it is he's hiding, he needs to pick somewhere that won't wash away. What are your thoughts on Locke just like telling him to hide something? I feel I, like I'd, I'd be a little suspicious. I don't have any thoughts on this episode. It's all dog shit. <laughs> I do like to think that Locke knows every single background person's name. Oh, yeah, for sure. Paolo takes the doll to the Pearl Station and hides it in the bathroom in the water tank of the toilet. Right as he goes to leave, he hears voices. Ben asks who left the Pearl door open. And Juliet tells him that Tom was down there a few days ago. He says they need to cover it with the plane. And Paolo hides in the bathroom as Ben and Juliet are in their little other's disguises to make them look homeless. And they turn on the monitor to reveal Jack. Juliet says he's cute and asks why they are doing this because Jack will never agree to do the surgery. Ben says he can convince him by finding out what he cares about emotionally and exploiting it. Julia asks that they will grab all three of them, and Ben says that they need to make them come to them. Julia asks how, and Ben says with Michael. Julia then asks if they are done because the pearl gives her the creeps, and Ben turns off the TV and leaves, and Pala comes out of the bathroom and takes the walkie that they left behind. Did you ever think that maybe Nikki and Paolo were working for the others? No, never. Here's a question I have. Hmm. Does the pearl have a handle on the other side? Yeah, how'd that bitch get out? Yeah, because I feel like Ben and Juliet would have shut the door. Also, they said we need to put the plane on top. Yeah. It makes no sense. Also, has Rose been in season three at all? No. Huh. Is she just off the show? No, she'll be back. In season four? No, she'll be in season three. Okay. It's not really a spoiler. She doesn't come back until like the very end of season three. The actress was just like busy. Okay. I don't think Bernard's been here either. Not that I can remember. Your neck is just the logo. So are my eyes. What's going on? You're just getting in, getting more engulfed into it. I am the podcast. Hurley asks Desmond if he knows anything about Nikki and Paolo. And Desmond says it's not how his powers work. Hurley says that as far as superpowers go, his is lame. And Desmond tells him that Nikki was arguing with Sawyer this morning. Hurley says that Sawyer said he doesn't even know who they are, and Desmond says that they were fighting before she died. Now, this is where the episode really just, like, goes off the rails. Now we're just going to pretend Sawyer's the murderer. This was the filler episode to end all filler episodes. Literal dog shit. I would have preferred an hour-long episode just of, like, Jack yelling at people. Flashing back to Jack yelling at people, then going back to the island where Jack yells at people. I would have preferred an episode of Charlie kidnapping babies, Jack in Thailand, and Locke blowing up submarines. <laughs> Vincent rips the blanket off Nikki and Paolo and runs away. 
Because Vincent is the only smart person here. He said, why are we wasting blankets on these dead people who aren't even dead? Yeah, that's what that's what he was actually saying. Because, like, Vincent knew. I thought you would be more proud of him. Paolo could be dead. Why? Here's the thing. Start it out, friends. I hate when you do this. I was going to say this later on, but I, I guess I'll just go out with it. Like, if all those spiders showed up, like, the one bites Nikki, but, like, she just left Paolo there. A bunch of them could have bit him and he could have died because at some point it's got to be too many bites, right? Yeah. Like you get stung by one bee and you swell up a little bit. You get stung by like a hundred bees, like you're going to die. So like he could actually be dead. It's only Nikki that opens her eyes at the end. It's implied that he's not. Implied how? By the writers saying that both of them were buried alive. Whatever. Charlie says Desmond seeing Sawyer and Nikki fighting does not mean anything. And Hurley says to look at the facts and ask why Sawyer is so interested in finding out what happened. He says he does not know their names, but then was arguing with Nikki. Sun says that Sawyer is not a murderer and reminds them that Sawyer marched across the island to help Michael. She says it has to be the others because she knows what they can do. Hurley says that he will go get Desmond. And after he leaves, Charlie confesses to Sun that he was the one who attacked her. He says after Locke hit him, after Locke humiliated him... Sawyer told him that they could get even by stealing the guns, making it look like the others did it, and he never meant to hurt her. And Sun storms off and says he's sorry. How are we feeling about Charlie? I don't give a shit about Charlie. Do you think he deserves forgiveness? Uh, Nah, don't care. I'm going to ask you to think a little critically for this one. I don't, like, at this point in time, no. She just found out. I wouldn't forgive him. Like, eventually. Yeah, maybe later. We'll see. He's been better. Yeah, still don't like him. It's annoying. Nine days ago, Nikki and Paolo joined the crew on the journey to the Pearl. When Nikki was pointing out that there are other TVs, Paolo retrieved the Russian nesting doll and breaks it to reveal the treasure. He dumps the doll back into the tank and then flushes the toilet for his alibi. Everyone judges him slightly, but none are the wiser. Present day, Sawyer returns while everyone is digging and Hurley demands the gun and Sawyer reveals that the gun is not loaded. Hurley asks how he was sweeping the perimeter and he tells Sawyer to stop lying and Desmond saw him arguing with Nikki. Sawyer says that the villagers have got themselves some torches and at this point I realized that all of the C team is involved with the exception of Rose and Bernard because they're not series regulars but everyone is there except Claire and once again I am asking why is Claire not on the show? Maybe she was busy. But, like, they got every single other person involved. I, I don't know, bro. Hurley asks if he killed Nikki and Paolo, and Sawyer says no. He admits to fighting with Nikki, but because she wanted a gun. Hurley asks why he didn't say anything earlier, and Sawyer says because of the dirt under her nails. He says he found a fresh mound of dirt near Paolo's body, and if she was burying something before she died, it must be good. Sun asks, what it was and Sawyer pulls out a little black pouch and gives it to her. Sun dumps a pile of diamonds into her hand and Sawyer tells them to take him because whatever happened he has nothing to do with it and leaves. Thoughts on the diamonds? I don't care about the diamonds. Don't care. I bet you this is gonna be our shortest episode yet. So bad. Honestly it's so bad. (laughs) Twelve hours ago, Paolo found a sad Nikki on the beach, and Nikki asked if he knew that Thanksgiving was two weeks prior. 
She says that they missed it, just like they're going to miss everything. And Paolo says they will be rescued. Nikki asks where his sudden burst of optimism came from. And Paolo says it's about how you look at things, like the bag. He says maybe not finding it was good for them. Nikki asks how, and he says it might have torn them apart. Nikki agrees, and Paolo tells her to wait while he gets some breakfast. He kisses her, and when he leaves, Nikki finds a pack of nicotine gum has fallen out of his pocket. She goes to Sawyer and demands that he give her a gun. Sawyer says that the A-team took them all, and even if he did have one, he would not give it to her because of how angry she is. Nikki again demands a gun, and Sawyer tells her to stick her head in the ocean and cool off, which was funny. Nikki says thanks for nothing and leaves, and Sawyer asks who the hell she is, all while Desmond is watching. I get, I know that it's like the only thing that makes sense, but like she put that together quick. I don't even think she put it together too quick. My biggest thing is she was literally just saying, we're never going to get off this island. And then she finds out that he found the diamonds and she's like, I'm going to kill him. Like, bitch, you just said you're never getting off the island. What do you think you're going to do with these diamonds? Sawyer crouches over Nikki and whispers thanks for nothing. He closes her eyes and continues digging as Sun approaches. Sun tells him that Charlie confessed and he asks if she is going to tell Jin. And Sun says no. He climbs out of the grave asking why, and Sun says because then they'd have to dig another grave. Badass. Sun takes his hand and places the diamonds in them. He asks why she is giving them to him, and she says they are worthless on the island. Sawyer says he thought he was going to get out of this without a lecture, and Sun slaps the shit out of him and storms off. And wins hottie of the week. Hell yeah. I was concerned because he was shirtless. So I thought maybe he, he could sneak it. Well, the thing was, is like he was shirtless and that was great. And then she said that killer line. And I was like, oh, shit. Sun coming in for the win. Then she slapped him. I said, yeah, yeah. Sun coming in for the win. Like I said, queen of slaps. Yeah, you're right. Ten episodes to go. Let's see what happens next. Huh? We're only ten episodes left of season three. Are you saying let's see what happens next with slaps? No, with... I mean, maybe, but I meant like with Hottie of the Week. Oh, I, I forgot about that. Hurley begins the eulogy, saying that they did not know them very well, and it appears they killed each other for diamonds. But he knows that there were good parts to them, too. They were always nice to him. They were members of the camp, and he really liked Expose. Imagine being buried alive, surrounded by strangers, and that's all that they have to say about you. Well, you know, maybe if they had shared all the information that they gathered, they'd have more to say about him. He says goodbye, and Sawyer tells him to wait. He pours the diamonds into his hands and tells Nikki and Paolo to rest in peace before sprinkling the diamonds over their bodies. Would you have kept them just in case you get rescued? Of fucking course I would. (laughs) Eight hours ago, Nikki leads Paolo into the jungle, saying that she has a surprise. She stops him and says that she found the diamonds. He asks where, and she says right here. He looks around playing dumb, and she demands the diamonds. He asks what she means, and she reveals the nicotine gum. She says he wanted to stop looking for the bag because he had already found it. He tells her to calm down, so she throws a Medusa spider on him, and it bites his neck. She asks if she remembers it, and if he wants to know why it's called the Medusa spider as his body starts to go rigid. 
She says one look from Medusa will turn anyone to stone, while one bite from the spider will paralyze you for eight hours. It won't kill you, but even a doctor might think you're dead. Paolo collapses as Nikki begins to search him. She looks in his shoe and throws it into the tree, and she realizes it's in his crotch and undoes his pants and reaches in. She pulls them out and Paolo apologizes. She says that he's only sorry because he got caught. And Paolo says he was afraid of losing her and that if she found the diamonds, she would not have needed him anymore. A faint ticka-ticka noise happens in the distance as the male Medusa spiders surround Nikki and bite her leg. She takes off running into the jungle and buries the diamonds. She struggles to her feet and runs into camp and collapses. She's flipped over and they ask if she's okay and she whispers, I'm paralyzed. Hurley and Sawyer begin burying Nikki and Paolo as the camp begins to leave, and right as a pile of sand is thrown in her face, Nikki opens her eyes, and they are buried alive. And that is how this episode ends. Stupid. All right, so. Stupid, but I think it's like a fun little twist for a it dumb was a, episode. It was a fun twist, I'll give them that. But it didn't make up for how stupid this episode was. Yeah. Any thoughts on the ticket ticket noise in the background during the spider scene? I didn't even notice it. Really? Really? Okay. Well, don't, don't care. It, it was there. Do you think there's anything of that? No. No? Because I think this whole episode is pointless. Okay. Thoughts on Sun not going to expose Sawyer? I'd be like, that's a good move. Like, just let's not. She and Jin have been good. Let's not turn him back into like angry angry whatever dude people were very suspicious of sawyer and not pleased about him lying to get the diamonds you think there's gonna be lasting implications for sawyer no because i don't think this episode is gonna have lasting implications anywhere well let's quickly move on from this episode and look forward to next week yeah what do you think next week is about well let me ask you a couple questions is it gonna be fucking stupid no it's back to like plot Oh, okay. Um, I'll, I'll give you a hint. I feel like from this point on, it's not full throttle, but like we're moving towards like a finale. Okay. Charlie. No. Good guess though. We haven't had a Charlie episode in a while. I know. Man, I feel like we've had everybody. Everyone give me the name. Charlie. Left behind. Jack? Nope. I don't know. Can I have a hint? I'm gonna need two chairs, huh? and different and different headphones. Kate. Yep. We just did a Kate one, didn't we? I do. That was eight episodes ago. Damn. <laughs> That's how okay. long you've been married. Oh, all right. <laughs> Good for me. It didn't work out. Oh damn. <laughs> You know, I, I've always wanted to, like, start an episode off with just you and I talking about what we think is going to happen two months from now. Like, I wanted to be like, don't you think it's crazy that Taylor Swift and Travis Kelsey broke up? <laughs> we should just start making, like, wild predictions. Just randomly. Not every yeah. episode, but we should just be like, I think by the time this comes out, like, just and just say something crazy. This episode comes out halfway through... November. 
I don't know. I don't have any crazy predictions right now. I think Ohio State beat Penn State. Don't say that, Zane. You delete <laughs> that from the record. I cannot. No crazy prediction. I'll I'll throw one out there. My fantasy team is going to be in first place. Mm. As it stands now, Devin's in last place and will have to play the recorder if she loses. You know she won't do that. Oh, I know. I'm actually fighting to get her out of last place so someone who would actually do it will be in last place. Yeah, Devin's just going to be like, no, not going to do that. Yeah. Final thoughts on the episode, Lauren? It was the worst dog shit piece of trash I've ever seen in my life. But how do you really feel? Eh, it was okay. No, I'm just kidding. It was terrible. Should we bother revisiting this episode for flashback? Not even a little bit. There, We had no arguments. I don't want to hear a single comment unless it's just like, yeah, this was dog shit. Well, get your this was dog shit comments in for flashback. You can put them on any of our social media. Lauren, where can they find them? You can find us on TikTok at Lauren Gets Lost Pod, on Instagram at Lauren Gets Lost Pod, on Facebook and on YouTube. Don't forget to subscribe so I have to write a shitty fanfic. Give us five stars wherever you're listening if you enjoyed this episode. Write us a review. Send us a nice DM. Tell your friends. Tell your family. Tell the next stripper you see. And join us next time for Left Behind. Thank you for listening to Lauren Gets Lost. This podcast is hosted by and edited by Zane Kohler with co-host Lauren Kohler, produced by Kate Worcester, and our music is done by David Kohler. And remember, they were not dead the whole time. Razzle dazzle.